looking at Juiced, and it's hilarious because that doesn't mean anything to you, and you're already frustrated. I'm loving it. <laughs> this is Talking Sea, your weekly supply of the dark side, not just the dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi. Hello, everybody. My name is Josh Roach. I'm Casey Schreffler. And I'm Josh Timke. Hi, Joshes. August 8th, and there are 133 days until Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. So, Uh, how's your week? Oh, it's been a week. It's been fantastic. Working and trying to get some new video a new video going with a different director and uh, i like him it's going well i'm excited about it it's a cool concept um fun fact the guy that i was trying to bring on jason tobias right right um so i can get him on but we have to have like a set date like a week ahead of time probably but uh he just released a a podcast that he's co-hosting Two episodes of uh, The Rebel and the Rogue. And it's all conversation Star Wars. So I'm wondering if I influenced him to take that leap and <laughs> and do it by bringing him up and bringing it up and talking to him about it a handful of times. But uh, I, he'd come on no problem. He's a super nice guy. That's cool. Yeah. But, uh, but, but he, uh, he, has influ- he has influenced the industry. So he's had like people who have like done a lot of stuff like on it already and it's like two episodes in i'm like jesus jason you're supposed to be our jason yeah yeah (laughs) supposed to be okay guys so did you see this new book that just got or just got announced that's going to be released in november called secrets of the jedi did you get the link that i sent you guys i saw the link yes Okay, so it's all from it, – it's written from Luke Skywalker's point of view. It's basically all his findings and all his studies about the Jedi Order. Um, interestingly enough, though, it seems to be written by him post The Last Jedi. That is an interesting piece of information because what's interesting about it, like looking at the pages that they kind of have if they're real – um, they talk about the Last Jedi. Well, this comes straight Jedi from StarWars.com. Light Force abilities, and also the Old Republic, which to the Old Republic to Luke Skywalker, it deals with the Clone Wars and things like that. Which the Old Republic to any other Star Wars fan means something very, very different. Oh no! I mean, when he talks about the Old Republic, he talks about the foundation of the Jedi and. Uh, so this was something that got brought up on a pod, another podcast I listened to. Um, they realized that in episode three, Palpatine says, once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy, right? Uh, and it seems that, if I can find this on here, in current canon, now they're, they're even going to be pushing this even more, that at one point, before, and according to an excerpt here from that book... Um, let me see if I can find the photos here. At one point, the Jedi, or at one point, the Sith ruled the galaxy. Let's see. I think it's this one. Uh, I don't have that photo on here. Wait, here it is. The Old Republic, okay. Despite some gaps and a number of, man, it's really blurry parts of it. Yeah, no, it's fine. But like looking at the article itself, um, I have to disagree with what you said. Um, just on based off the wording of the article itself, I don't think it was written by Luke Skywalker. Um, it literally says... From the point of view of Luke Skywalker. Um, yeah, but having the chance to explore the path of the fabled Jedi Order through Luke's eyes was an honor I've never had before. And then uh, to see him address these other things 
and it mentions uh, him as a narrator. So it almost right. sounds almost kind of biblical, like he's telling a story, someone else is writing it down, and they may embellish some things. Well, I mean, if you read through, if you read through it, it's basically like first person perspective of everything that he's everything he's writing. For instance, here's one on there's a page uh, part about uh, different light side abilities, and one of them is for spirits. And this is what how it reads. After Obi Wan Kenobi fell in battle against my father, I was afraid I'd never see him again. Little did I know he would return to watch over me as a force spirit. At first, I only heard Obi-Wan's voice in my head, but later I discovered that he could manifest as a fully visible apparition and even interact with the physical world. In time, I would discover that not all Jedi have the power to transcend death. It requires a special training that Obi-Wan Kenobi's master, Qui-Gon Jinn, received from ancient Force priestesses. That knowledge was then passed down to a select few, including Obi-Wan, Yoda, and my father. Their spirits guided me through many years, but vanished when I shut myself off from the Force. It's a relief to feel their presence again after all this time. But, I mean, he was technically still shut off from the Force when Yoda showed up. No, he opened himself back up to the Force. Uh, did he, though? Because it was he was just teaching Ray some stuff. No, he opened himself back up to the Force uh, when he goes back. He goes up to that rock when Ray is... After him and Ray have their little, um, uh, they have an argument, I believe, and Ray goes to the dark side cave, yeah. right? And she's in her, and that's when she's making contact with Kylo Ren when they touch in The Last Jedi. Right before that is when he opens himself back up to the force. He goes up to that rock where he later dies on, and he puts his hands down, and you see, like, you like the base goes, you know, the force is being used. It sends ripples across that pond. And that's when he reaches out and he says, Leia. And he, re and that's actually what wakes Leia up from her coma. And that's when he goes rushing down, uh, you know, Ray, 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 he's looking for her. And in the novelization, which was written with Ryan Johnson, it actually clarifies he did open himself back up to the force. He felt that Leia was in danger, was in peril, had been injured. And at that point, he realized he was wrong and he was going to leave with Ray. He was ready to be like, all right, I'm back at the fight. I'm ready to do this again. And then he walks in and finds uh, Kylo Ren in her bedroom and he goes all angry dad on him. And then. Yeah. And he uses yeah, the force and he uses the force in that in that little fight between her, between Ray and him uses the force to call that weather vane to him that he uses fencing her. He uses the force to stop himself from falling. But what's interesting is it says that in this, after all this time, you know, they vanish when I shut myself off with the force. It's a relief to feel their presence again after all this time. So he's, this is from post, uh, as Jedi Luke, essentially. What do you make of that? You. Uh, what do I make of what again? Sorry, I was thinking about something else. <clears throat> That's good. Uh, post last. What do you make of this being basically post last Jedi Luke writing this? So, um, we we know that it says that in the article that it's written by Luke in universe. Well, it says it, it seems to be that's that's what I was thinking about um, in the in the passage you read about spirits. It seemed to be some information that maybe only Luke would be privy it's, to because at least in in every example of a Force ghost we've seen, it seems like the Force ghost only presents itself to one person at a time. It's basically uh, all I'm like that, like misremembering <laughs> okay so I'll, I'll read another excerpt which is qui-gon while he may not be a skywalker by blood qui-gon shares deep connections to my family's history through the jedi order so mm -hmm. all of this is yeah. luke's it's luke writing it, well, sure, yeah, well i mean so it's it's either him writing but in in the actual article it says narrated by um, right okay so so like that's why i took the biblical route as like the Bible wasn't written by Jesus. Right. Who knows if anything in it is actually true. Um, 
just like with like what Luke is saying, the only reason why we know some things are true with Luke Skywalker's retelling of the story is because we've seen it and we have books and all these other things. So if if he's if he's narrating, right? Know, so somebody him. could be scribing it for him, yeah. post mortem. And, and like I said, there could be some embellishment in there, which I think is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just I think there are examples in the Bible of things being dictated, if you want to use that as an example. But I'm, I'm thinking of Paul, who wrote some of the books. Um, I don't think there are any stories from Jesus's point of view in the first person. No, so, there's no stories from Jesus's point of view in the first person. It would, no, it would be no, weird. They're not, to... No, they're not. But like you, there's a lot of things where it, they specifically state this is the word of God, right? Well, that's the whole Bible, essentially. Yeah, but uh, they but anyway, do specifically so, so state, like, this is something God said. The point I was going to make was um, it would be weird if in-universe Luke dictated these teachings to somebody else and they took it upon themselves to write it from Luke's point of view. It's like an odd choice that the scribe would make to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who who knows? Who knows until we actually, until we actually read it? And who knows... Um, November nineteenth. Yeah, I mean, there could be, there could be, like, uh, I, I listened to the stories of Luke, blah blah blah. If it wasn't actually written by the person experiencing these things, even though the person experiencing these things, having written them down, could still be embellished or falsely, falsely remembered. If you remember the movie Memento, memory is is uh, dangerous. It, uh, it can change the shape of a room, the color of a car. Right. No, very true. Yeah. Many of the shoes we cling to depend greatly on our own points of view. Yeah. Hey, going back to the old school Obi-Wan quotes. <laughs> In other news, Yo! The Mandalorian will have company on Disney Plus from other existing Star Wars content. The site CNET is reporting that the following Star Wars content will be available in the streaming service upon launch November 12th. Those being Rogue One, Star Wars Episodes 1 through 7, The Clone Wars, uh, and Star Wars Rebels. Um, also, they've just announced that uh, if you uh, subscribe to Hulu, you'll be able to bundle um, or add, Disney Plus will be available for an add-on for the Hulu app. Um, so you'll be able to get Hulu, <laughs> Disney Plus, and ESPN for about $15 a month. Yeah, and uh, from what I also gather, it will also hypothetically include like their Disney Channel shows and movies and Disney Junior mm -hmm. shows and stuff like that. I actually had that conversation with Carla last night. She was like, we can just cancel our cable. And I said, why? And she's like, because Hulu and Disney Plus are coming out and it's only like 15 bucks a month. And the only reason why we pay as much as we do is because like i want to have access to other channels which is like i don't need them all obviously but uh like between between who if if disney plus does include disney jr for my daughter and think and like disney for you know for that stuff um alongside having netflix and like hbo go i don't see a reason to have cable anymore but the problem is uh, and this maybe not a problem it could be a problem but uh, disney owns ugh, so much um so they're kind of cornering the market and they might they're going to create a big problem for netflix but uh what i fear is that every studio every network is going to create their own streaming service and we basically yeah. have the cable situation all, all over, over again, again. Yeah. yeah, which is which is disgusting. Like, I hate paying for the channels that I'm paying for. And I actually I had to call them because for some reason they have me on a business plan. I pay like 150 bucks a month for cable and internet. Hmm. And my internet's not that fantastic. So I've been meaning to call them. <laughs> but Puts they, it on uh, your list of things to do. Yeah, no, it's always it's just frustrating. And I don't want it to get back to that again. I've always enjoyed the a la carte thing. There are shows that I like to watch, like Guilty Pleasures. Like I like watching Pawn Stars, even though I know it's fake. You know I, mean? I still learn some It's all stuff. scripted. Yeah. But it's still entertaining. Well, they, they plant things in the garages for them to find, right? Is that right. what you Well, that's well, for no, American no, no, that's a different one. American Pictures is what you're thinking no, of. No, no, no. 
Oh, something completely different. It, no, you're it's thinking not of the, you're thinking of the, the storage uh, wars. Storage wars. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah all, all that shit's fake. But like, it's cool because of, like they teach you a little <laughs> bit about history and you get to see like what some things are worth. It's, like that shows the reason why I bought the coin that I showed. I showed you, Roach. I don't think I showed Tim to you, but I bought I like a, I bought like an eighteen hundred year old Roman coin from and from when and it has Marcus Aurelius on it, like from Gladiator. Like that Marcus hmm. Aurelius. Dumbledore. Yeah. Yeah. No, so uh speaking of the Mandalorian, uh slash film uh just reported that uh okay, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. He, he's in the running. Well, you know him from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, he's he's Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. So they were he was asked about his character in The Mandalorian. Uh, we know that he is uh, at the Mandalorian panel at Star Wars Celebration showed some footage of him and he is an Imperial of some sorts and we see him commanding some stormtroopers and then we also see him piloting a TIE fighter. Um, so this is what, uh, he had to say about his character he said in a way you might call him an underworld character. Esposito says, you might also look at him as a savior, as some who might bring someone who might bring back some order to a world after it's all collapsed. So from the sounds of things, like this is also kind of how they're describing the Mandalorian. They're not, they're not really caught. He's, he's the, uh, He's the main character of the show, so he's like the protagonist of the show, but it sounds like he's more of an anti-hero than anything. Even at like Celebration, they put him with the villains, uh, with all the, uh, you know, the iconic villains. Yeah, I saw, the, I saw that he was on a short list to play... Giancarlo? Yeah. To play who? To to play to play a character, to play a, a villainous character. He was He was like... I think uh, so. If you're on a short list in Hollywood, that means that they've met with you, they've spoken with you, they've had you read some stuff, and the next step is to actually bring in the cast and have you do a chemistry uh, right. take, basically. So, like, they'll bring you in with the cast, just like Tom Holland did with Avengers. Like, before he got the role of Spider Man, he beat out like thousands of kids beat out 280 kids who actually read for the casting director. Giancarlo doesn't have to go through all that stuff. But like once you get down to like the final five, you actually go in with the actors. Right, and right. You, you reenact a scene. So and that's and that's the chemistry read between the actors themselves, because chemistry is super important. So I know that he's on a short list. I can't remember who else is on it, but I do remember seeing that um which means that he's, you know, uh, a contender. He's he. There's a good chance of him being in it. And I'm not mad about that. He's a fantastic actor. In the Mandalorian, you're still talking about? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's definitely in it. He was. We've seen him in footage at Celebration. There's footage of him from the trailer. See, I don't know why these articles just came out in the last week or two. Man. This, yeah, this is just them. He he was doing an interview at another uh, at a Ooh. con for some other thing that he's in. And they, of course, had to ask him about the Mandalorian. But, uh, I mean, that's basically all we know is that he's like an Imperial of some sort. So they were just asking him, hey, what what can you tell us, if anything, about this character of yours? And he's basically saying, like, yeah, he's an Imperial after the fall of the Empire. You might think of him as like an underworld, like underground mafia-like guy. But others might think of him more as, like, a savior because he's trying to bring order back after yeah, basically man. everything's fallen down around him. I'm, I'm excited. It seems like they built a good cast around it. I'm excited to see what Pedro Pascal does. The oh, first yeah. time, like, I think the first thing I really recognized Pedro Pascal in was Narcos season one. And, you know, from there, we obviously had like Game of Thrones, the Viper. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oberon. Yeah. Oberon, Oberon season. Pirel. Uh, he was super dope there. He was also in Kingsman too. Yep, yep. Um, and I think I think he's really good. I think he's really ranged, and I think that uh, he deserves what's what he's gotten. So I'm really excited to see what he brings to the role. 
Evidently, it was uh, so him and Oscar Isaac are old friends. They did the Frontier. What wasn't that called? New Frontier or something? Frontier, whatever. Yeah. That Netflix movie. They did that together, and it was actually Oscar Isaac that got him the role of the Mandalorian. Yeah, you know, it's uh, and that goes back to the old adage, which sucks for me sometimes. It's about who because, you know? Yeah, because I'm because I'm a dad. I can't go out to bars and shit. <laughs> um, just have to drink at home like a normal person. But uh, yeah, it, it's literally. I don't know if they call it, that normal case. That might be well, a problem. Uh, well, I mean, I saw you drinking a beer. Last, well, we're together. last podcast that we were all on. We're together you. right now. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, digitally, that's fine. But still drinking at home, which um, ironically is cheaper than going out. You know what I mean? So oh, I don't see the go, irony. If you, yeah, if you, want, if you want to go have a drink. It's like that one song, drink, isn't it ironic? Just, ironically, just, it's not ironic. Yeah, you just drink at home. But right. uh, yeah, no, it's 100% about who you know and who can vouch for you in certain situations. Like the only reason that I have this next video, which I'm going to make, like I'm not making a ton of money, but like uh, for one video this month that, I, that I'll have to do. I've, I've done music videos tons of times. I can put them together in my sleep, but I'm probably gonna make like $3,000 uh, for a video that was recommended to me by somebody that I have worked with a lot. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, he he sent it to me. You know what I mean? Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have had this video. I wouldn't have even known about it. So it's, yeah, it's all about who you know and less about what you know. If you, if you know enough to get the job done, you can succeed in Hollywood. If you're talented enough to portray a certain thing, you are going to succeed. But if if you know the right people, you definitely have a shoe in. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's about. Most, you know, it's you look back and it's just about being at the right place at the right time and having connections with the right people. Heck, that's how Harrison Ford got to be in Star Wars. He was. Uh, you know, he, he did the part with uh, George Lucas in American Graffiti. He had all but given up on his acting career. He went back to being a carpenter. He was in the office uh, replacing a door. And from from the way it's been told. I've heard it differently. Well, from the way it's been told, like he was like the, the guy he was actually replacing the door for. Um, knew George was there doing, uh, you know, uh, screen tests. Uh, and taking you know, for auditions and stuff. And so he purposefully had Harrison, hired Harrison to come and work there, knowing that George is going to be there to try and get him, a, you know, get his foot back in the door. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't an accident. Um, no, it was, it, was, it, it was on purpose by the guy who hired him there and by Harrison. Yeah, no, it, was, it was 100% a, a planned out thing. Um, and even like uh, I think I read something recently, like even George, maybe it's maybe it's hindsight, but uh, but yeah, no, like Harrison was was always kind of an option, right? But it was the person who got him in the door, like you said, to yep. get him that role. And I'm sorry, Roach, um, because I spent like five minutes scrubbing my screen and minimized it to make sure it wasn't uh flaw in my pixels and stuff if you look at just to the right of your han solo luke skywalker princess leia thing you have a blemish higher almost nope hold on hold on i have a blemish more towards the picture higher yep that one right there yeah (laughs) Okay. I literally You're worried scrubbed, about that. I literally scrubbed my screen like while you were talking. Well, I did some rearranging because my desk used to be right over there, and that shelf right there wasn't there. Some rearranging right now, so that was that's a nail from something else that was hanging there. So you're seeing 
a slight shadow <laughs> of a nail hanging on the wall. Yeah, I'm just letting you know that I almost like dug my Sorry. nail into the screen deeply. I apologize. Until I, minim- until I minimized <laughs> the video chat, and I was like, oh. Oh, wait. Okay, so That's, we have a couple... Uh, we have a couple of questions. Well, uh, just things posted to our Facebook page. Well, before, um, before we get to the questions, the questions are usually last, right? I, I want to bring up one thing. Well, not necessarily. I thought this might spur some other uh, conversation, but go ahead. Well, um, well, I mean, questions usually are last. but uh, uh, So there was an article that came out about Disneyland, right? Okay. Um, and Galaxy's Edge is... Gal- yep. But uh, Galaxy's Edge is opening up in Disney World very, very soon. They already have, have been having previews. Yeah, like one of our uh, – do you remember Victor from uh, Orlando? He called into one of our first uh, our first call-in show we had, like the, yeah. the voicemails, and he asked about the comics and stuff. He actually just went there. Um, he's been to Disney World, uh, yeah. Galaxy's Edge. I mean, uh, I think the – Disney World version is probably very, very similar to the Disneyland version. Uh, so I can't comment on that. But um, so there was this big thing about Bob Iger and coming out and releasing a memo to his shareholders because attendance has been down. And he blamed it on a couple things. He was like, well, people were scared about coming during the opening of Galaxy's Edge because they thought it'd be crazy, blah, blah, blah. I think that was a very small percentage of what actually happened, but yeah. Scared pass holders away. But no, actually, in Disneyland out here in California, there's a ton of people who have passes. A ton of people. Uh, It's it's insane how many people have passes. Uh, But the people who have higher-end passes are obviously much less, right? So Carl and I have the deluxe pass. And I think we both paid, like, we paid $1,500 for two passes for a year. And last year, last summer, we could go, we could, oh, hi, hi, Natalia. I love you. (laughs) You're so pretty. Um, last year, we could go to Disneyland almost every day throughout the summer. There was a few days that were blocked out. But this year, since the opening of Galaxy's Edge, we can go to Disneyland at all. We could only go to Disney California Adventure, which didn't have Galaxy's Edge. So, and, and, and like you see the pictures of people being at Disneyland and stuff like that and like the lower crowds. And uh, Bob, Iger, Bob Iger had said something about yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, the opening and, like, the craze scared some of the pass holders away. No, Bob, no. We couldn't go. <laughs> we couldn't go. If we, want, if we wanted to go, and we did go one day because they changed their promotion thing to right. get people to go, but uh, you would have to pay $1,400 per person per year. To, to have like a decent amount of access and to have been able to go. And during this fiasco, when we were there, because um, we were only planning to go for one day to Disney California Adventure, I looked up the other park and the wait ride for everything was like 20 to 30 minutes. 20 to huh. 30 minutes. Nothing. There wasn't a lot of people there. It was, yeah. it was a blast. And then, so the second day, Carla wanted to go to the Orange County Fair. And I was like, why don't we just go to like Disneyland? Like, why don't we do Disney again? So, because Disney was freaking out because people aren't at their parks, they did this thing to where if you, if you had an annual pass, you could bring friends in with a park hopper so you can go to both parks for the day for only $99. How come we didn't hear about this? Because you had to fly out here. And it would also be $99. (laughs) Um, Well, I presume you would have paid my way in. uh, Well, we did pay our way in. Or at least paid for my plane ticket. Because we wanted to go to Disneyland. Even though we'd already spent over $1,500 on a pass, uh, the day before our pass expired, 
we spent $250 for the max pass situation and the park tickets just to go into Disneyland on the second day. And we got oh, on everything Bob. that we wanted to do. It's we getting money hungry. Bobager. Bobager. They, they thought it was going to be the next best thing since Betty White and sliced bread, I guess. But it's <laughs> Betty White inside of sliced bread. Well, Betty White predated sliced bread. So. <laughs> Betty White is the one who decided to slice bread and market it that way. Probably. Betty White, Betty White built your father's career, Casey. It, it's, called, it's called white bread because of Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, I wanted to uh, – there, there's a few episode nine rumor things, but uh, I also wanted to get to a couple of our, our listeners here. So you want to hear some episode nine, episode nine rumors? You want to save them until next time? Let's do questions. Let's do the questions. Well, okay. So quick, quick, quick answers. Like, a, uh, they're not so much like. Uh, okay, so this is just basically listener feedback. Brian Steber, Darth. Uh, I, saw, I think Count, I saw this. Count Dookie. Um. He he asks. Uh, well, he said, "Here's a question for your poll, Tim Q. You better take note. Will the Millennium Falcon be permanently grounded slash destroyed?" Double or nothing, who flies her last? Chewie only counts as an answer if he is flying her solo. So the double or nothing question works in either case. If she doesn't get grounded and you say so, you can still risk and answer the bonus as someone will last pilot her before the film ends. I will answer first and say no. The Millennium Falcon does not get destroyed. And my answer is purely financial because they have the Millennium Falcon at both Disney World and Disney land. Um, I do not think they will destroy that. I think they will keep the Millennium Falcon for future use. Um, it might be damaged, but not destroyed. It will be repairable and it will be repaired. Hmm. Tim, but, Q, what say you? Go ahead, Tim. Q. Hmm? What say you? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to sell uh, toys of dead heroes. Is that what George said? Something like that. Yeah. So I didn't want Han Solo killed off. Uh, certainly precedented to keep things around in the Star Wars galaxy, but I don't know. Things the old the old things seem to be Passing way up. out. So uh yeah. Not yeah. really not Han really Solo, Han Solo first and then uh and then Luke and he'll be back around I'm sure in some way or another. I, well, I wouldn't be surprised. Books, so he's still writing books. There's there's things that there's things that are popular and there are things that have been and will always be popular. And one of those is the Millennium Falcon. A lot of the people that I see commenting about Galaxy's Edge is that it's it's a different planet that we've never seen before. So they're complaining about that. And it doesn't relate to anything about the new trilogy or the prequel trilogy. So I don't think the Millennium Falcon's going away. Why would they spend a billion dollars just on well, one land? Just, just at one land at Disneyland, just that one part. Here's my take. Here's my take from but it. The focus being the Millennium Falcon. Well, the focus isn't – okay, so Galaxy's Edge is frozen in time, set. The whole land is set up. The, the, the Millennium Falcon ride itself is set up uh, between episodes uh, eight and episodes nine. When you ride the Millennium right. Falcon okay, ride, okay. the whole storyline – is episodes eight, and episodes nine. I don't. I think that I'm right on. The, I'm right at fifty fifty. Between if I think the Millennium Falcon is going to go out or not, I think it would be. I think it would be jarring emotionally, and I think it's just the kind of response that JJ sometimes goes for. And I, I and any more. <laughs> are are we still selling Han Solo action figures, Case Casey? Can you still go out and buy a Han Solo action figure? Actually, they recently released the uh, Legacy action figures. So, yes, people have been buying them. And so, so Casey, your argument... No, everywhere. Go ahead, Tim Q. Uh, your argument is, as soon as they blow up the Falcon, nobody's going to Galaxy's Edge anymore. It's just, everyone's going to oh, stop. Blew that I don't want to ride a... No. <laughs> I don't want to drive that thing. It's a hunk of junk. <laughs> Like the the ship is so iconic, they wouldn't have spent the amount of money that they have spent 
if they weren't going to keep that ship alive. It'll still be there, man. For kids and future generations. No, they're going to see it. They're going to well, see okay. it again. Here's the thing, though. We don't even have a guarantee that we're ever going to see it again in future movies. Like, we I'm know that the, the next bad. movies are going to be the next, the next set of movies that, from what we've heard, they're going to be somewhere completely far off another corner of space we haven't seen before it's not going to have anything to do with the skywalker saga the millennium falcon is pretty much tied to the skywalker saga so even if they don't destroy it there's a good they're, they're saying the skywalker saga is done there's a good case like you can make a case saying that we might never never see it again either like anyway why why not blow it up and give it some uh like because, just because, because somebody dies doesn't mean that you can't still enjoy it dollars making it a focal my grandpa's dad i still enjoy the memory of it <laughs> right right but you know what are there are there are there tens of thousands of people paying hundreds of dollars to go see pictures of your fucking grandpa <laughs> he was a great man he was a great man yeah am i the only one doing that Tim <laughs> <laughs> yeah, paying tens of thousands of dollars to look at pictures of my grandpa so, he thinks like, it's a great deal so uh, my thing is they're keeping the Millennium Falcon alive in some fashion or another. They wouldn't just introduce a new ride to get rid of the Millennium Falcon. So whether whether the maybe the they were cashing in on it while they still could. Whether they're not cashing in on anything, we just talked about how attendance is down in parks. So that's just cause, that's because they're milking the Falcon for all it's worth before they blow it up. They're trying to milk you guys no. for all your worth, but. Your uh, people are like, yeah, I'm not I'm, shelling I'm, out any more cream here, Bob. Greg, you're not I'm getting the, any more of my I'm sweet the, cream. I'm the only one out of everyone who's ever been on this podcast who has been there. <laughs> and it is super cool to be in front of the Millennium Falcon. Have you ridden the Millennium Falcon? We had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so... My thing is, okay, so maybe maybe in terms of timeline, the Millennium Falcon may be destroyed. But I don't... That's, that's the entirety of the question. In the time period in which Episode Nine takes place, is it destroyed? Right, okay, sure, but then is it repaired again? I think it comes back. I think it comes back. I don't think it matters. If if they follow through on their word that they're done with the Skywalker saga, I don't think it matters if it comes back. Maybe well, they might Solo had nothing to do with the Skywalker saga and maybe Ray doesn't either. Eh, he's pretty intertwined in it. Okay, sure, but he screwed a not, Skywalker and made not, another one. But it's not following the Skywalkers after this. It doesn't mean that the Millennium Falcon doesn't exist anymore. But like we already Lando piloting or piloting it, right? So there's a couple of things like maybe 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 Lando dies piloting the Falcon into where it's into where they're supposed to go. Uh, that's double or nothing, right? So, so you're saying Lando dies piloting the Falcon? Get that down and date it. I'm yeah. I'm well. I'm saying it's possible because so here's the thing, right? You look at the trailer; they're riding up on these like beasts to the Death Star ruins and stuff like that. Why wouldn't they just land close to it? Falcon's already gone. Could be. Lando could also already be gone. Mm. But that would be that would be sad. I think I think what Lando takes Lando and Chewbacca with him. I think Lando has to die in this one. Oh. Tim Q, you think we're seeing the death of Lando? Mm. Mm. No. Are they, are they bringing? Oh, Are they wait, bringing no, somebody else back right out of it's the end of the Skywalker saga? We can lose the fucking Millennium Falcon, even though it's like the main thing in this, these parks now. But Lando, oh god, no, we can't. <laughs> we can never lose Lando. No, you know, the Millennium Falcon is inanimate. I'm far more. <laughs> you. Tim Key, we pitched this on a, on a prior podcast. I said, oh, no. so the, the pictures that came out with Vanity Fair, there was a, a photograph of Kylo Ren and Ray uh, lightsaber battling. And it looked like there are waves all around him. They're standing on something metal. And some people tried to take some pictures of the Falcon and stuff. And they said, it looks like it's the underside of the Falcon. So they're standing on top of like a capsized in the water Falcon. And I, I, uh, I said, what if, what if the last main huge battle 
like lightsaber battle like starts off inside of the falcon and they end up like just totally wrecking it from the inside out and they end up like like somebody goes through like the hallway to the cockpit and they just whoo, cut the cockpit right off the falcon they end up <laughs> fighting on top of the well, just lightsaber battle is on inside and then on top of the falcon and this is like crash and then gets destroyed during this climactic last huge lightsaber battle would that not be visually appealing? Would that not be a very yeah, yeah, like resonant place setting okay, to destroy so in the last you're battle? Not, you're not understanding, but what I'm saying is okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm that'd be I'm, mind melting. I'm changing the question. Okay. So my answer to the change question is: <laughs> If you don't like the question, change it and answer well, it your that, own way. That, 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 okay. that would be mind-melting if the last shot is a messed up okay. Millennium Falcon. Okay, sure, but you can interpret it in different ways, too. Does a Millennium Falcon... The, the Kevin Smith thing. If something's destroyed, you never see it again, right? Oh, I think I figured that out. Remind me to tell you guys. I figured out, I think, what the Kevin Smith thing, the mind-melting thing is. So my, my thing is, if, if something's destroyed, you're never going to see it again. But like, the park is still set between episodes eight and nine, so it's still going to be there. They're not going to let the Millennium Falcon die because they just opened parks, and they're opening a park with the Millennium Falcon being one of the main attractions of that park. They're not going to let the Millennium Falcon go. We are, we are going to see it again. Even if it's destroyed in this series, we are seeing the Millennium Falcon again. So you, let me tell you, let me tell you, Case, I love this, though, because you are as passionate about this as, like, Johnny Grasso from the Rogue One podcast is about Ray being a Skywalker. He is, like, 100% sold out that Ray is definitely a Skywalker, and I think that if Episode Nine comes and goes and she's not, like, he's, I don't know how he's going to stand it. Like, he's going to be heartbroken. If they destroy the Falcon, is it going to piss you off? Are you going to be done? Well, no, because the difference is they didn't spend a billion dollars on our fucking Ray statue at the Disney. <laughs> they Not yet. A billion dollars building the Millennium Falcon and also the new How- Rise of the Resistance. So that kind of cuts into your oh, it's like a cut in time type thing because apparently, according to re- research, the Rise of the Resistance ride includes such characters such as Poe Dameron and blah blah blah. Yeah, in between episodes eight and nine. Okay, sure. It's a it's a place in time, but they're not gonna let their main ship die. That's only the, that's like one of the two or three physical ships there, the main attraction that everybody wants to go take pictures in front of. Where like you see, like I I watched the fireworks from there. It's glorious. You see pictures from it all the time. I still think they could destroy it. I I don't yeah. think that I don't think that's a reason not to destroy it. Okay. If anything else, it's like oh, remember the Falcon? It's gone now. They can destroy Here. it, but they're gonna. What we are going to see it again is my point. We are going to see the Falcon again. The Falcon is not dead. All right, here's another question for you. Then, you guys, do a lot of people think that uh, either C3PO or R2D2 is are going to get blasted in this? Like originally, <laughs> originally, George's vision was like it was being told through the eyes of the droid. How better to end it than to destroy said droid? Yeah, I like that. I do. Oh, that'd be a low blow. I don't know. No, I, like I wouldn't it. like it. I wouldn't like it. You don't like it? I, I, okay. Let me, let me ask you this. Can you, maybe not R2D2. You can keep R2D2 around because R2, like Kenny Baker's R2D2, but Kenny Baker's passed on. And I believe he still even gets credits in the movies, even though like, I know the force awakens, like, I don't think he did really did anything, but he still got credited. So we Baker has passed on, but we still have R2. Ter- like, uh, Peter Mayhew has passed on. We still have Chewbacca. Like, these are faces, like, these are characters that are automatically associated with, like, uh, Star Wars. R2-D2, Chewbacca, C-3PO. Have you guys ever heard anybody trying to impersonate Anthony Daniels doing C-3PO? Like, in video games or on television shows? I'm doing games a couple times. Yeah, yeah it, uh, instantly, like it's like you know it's not Anthony Daniels. It's not right. So I think out of any of those like characters where you don't see their face, any of them, I think that like Anthony Daniels is getting up there. He's been in every Star Wars movie so far as C three PO. 
I don't think he wants anybody else to play C-3PO. I don't think they want anybody else to play C-3PO. And Casey, if they're going to bring things back like the Falcon, if it survives and we're going to see it again down the line, it may not be at episode 10, but the continuation no, of Ray's story. There's no I, C-3PO or R2 in Galaxy's Edge. Well, right. So do you think that... But there's the Falcon. The Falcon's there. <laughs> and you know what? You know who you see walking around? You see this Ray, is... Baka, you see the Resistance. Holy crap. You may have just cracked the code. Okay. Kylo Ren, Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Okay, he survives. Uh, Ray, Galaxy's Edge. He survives. <laughs> Chewbacca survives. Finn, Galaxy's Edge. Don't see a Finn, but you see Dead. resistance fighters. Dead. Uh, Poe. Nope. Dead. Holy crap, Leia. Nope. Lando. Nope. Dead. Dead. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> No, but could could you, Tim Q, like Casey, I, I think you agree. Like, I think that out of all of them, I could see them killing off C-3PO. Yeah, that makes sense because R2-D2 is just a series of boop, boop, beep, boops. Right. Uh, where C-3PO is literally a voice. Yeah. And I don't think, and I mean, it, he's not just a voice. He's the same actor as portrayed him. Yeah, so every movie. For 42 years. And he's got to be like up in his 70s now. I, I don't follow your reasoning. So you can't let him survive the movie and just not have him in any other movies? No, I mean, you can, but it's not going to be the same person. I think that they respect the legacy of the person. Well, just not have the character in any future right. installments. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a, a possibility too. But it's a big <laughs> galaxy. There's lots of droids. Why does C3PO have to be in every single movie? If, well, tell if, that even to... if he's still around. Tell that to everybody who's ever made a Star Wars movie because he's been in every one. If if you're gonna make a Star Wars movie, and you know, all right, Casey, say in 15 years, uh, you've now naturally risen through the ranks of Hollywood, and you're up to make the you know uh, you you're up to produce the next Star Wars movie, to produce and direct the next Star Wars. Uh, say it's episode 10. They come to you. They're like, we want an episode 10. We want Schreffler to do it. The, the, the masses have demanded that Schreffler make episode 10. It's episode 10. You're going to want to bring back the Falcon, right? Yeah. He'll get bobbaged into it. He'll have to. <laughs> Bobbage will be dead by then, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't or in matter. a really nice retirement home. Um, no, like, are you going to want to bring back C-3PO if you have the opportunity to? Like, if C-3PO isn't destroyed in Episode 9, like if, C-3PO, so in my mind, If I were to bring him back, so, like, so I, I think I see him destroyed, right? So if I were to bring C-3PO back, it would be in the memory banks of R2-D2. And everything that C-3PO had said so it's like what would like even though everyone has always told C-3PO to shut up maybe there's one point in time where it's like what would C-3PO say hmm. R2-D2 has his memory chip Bink plugs it in hello this oh, man. Do in this situation I think that would be super cool am I wrong no I think that I, you know what I think would be sweeter though they transfer R2 into C-3PO and you get to hear R2-D2 speak. <laughs> and he's just cursing at everybody. That just sounds ridiculous. I think what I said sounds more realistic in the Star Wars universe. Like you, you asked me the question, like if I were to direct it. No, oh, so yeah, you'd want to bring him back. That's keep everything linear. I, w- I would still have R2-D2 being physical and present, blah, blah, blah. But he somehow got C-3PO's memory. Well, Here's the question, though. Here's the real reason I think they're going to kill him off. 20 years, they give it to you. Yes, you want to bring C-3PO back. Anthony Daniels is gone now. Right, which is why so hologram, the recordings distorted or whatever. But uh, like the memory chip was disabled that when C-3PO was destroyed, blah, blah, blah. But I think that that's the best way to do it if you wanted to have C-3PO be part of the next chapter in some sort of way because I think it's very important if you look at all of the movies if I were producing or and or directing it is that uh, he was always told to shut up shut him up or shut him down right 
you know, take care of the professor or whatever the fuck Han says. And like plug him into the, plug him into the, <laughs> like, like, like every time, every time, like, <laughs> shut down. I think this is the point where C three, where R two D two takes C three PO's memory chip and like personality and injects it within himself, and it's like, okay, I need to talk to three PO, and three PO. You're saying this is this is what you think is going to happen in episode nine, or this is what you oh, would do? No, this is what I would do. I think C3, this is what I would do. So I think yeah, like R two would plug in three PO's chip, become part of R two in a way. But you imagine uh, that in hologram form, hmm. and uh, you would actually be able to interact with 3PO, but not tell him to shut up and hear what he has to say, which I think is very, very, very important. And that's what oh. I would, if I were directing episode 10, I would have it linked some way to 3PO. You know what I would do? If, if, if here's my suggestion when you get to direct episode 10 and you do this, um, make it a point like. Like what you're saying, that's the point of this. Like now you can't tell, you know, like 3PO is going to be heard again. R2 is going to project him so he can be heard. But you know how R2 and 3PO are always like quabbling and 3PO like repeatedly uh, calls him like a overgrown glob of grease. And yeah, it would be it would be a back and forth type thing. Like, the, ironically, that's kind of what I'm getting at because like the hologram version of 3PO would be an actual like memory chip from right so well, i'm R2 saying it would be really ironic r2d2 could shut him up whenever he wanted to at that point he, he could like an overgrown glob of whoop. yeah no he could he could he could he could definitely do that but i think, I think that, casey's saying it's just a recording so obviously he can well, shut no, it off no, whenever he wants right no, that's no, what i'm saying no, no, I'm not it's saying not a recording it's like his memory stored yeah, into him and he can like boot him up <laughs> Yeah, 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 later. He's so like, like emulating 3P. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. I don't think R2 would do that, but if he did, um, everyone's always told 3PO to shut up. I think that this is the time where it's like 3PO talk. Right. <laughs> so we what, what insight from 3PO? What is it that 3PO knows that nobody else does that we well, really, especially with the number of times well, his memory was waived? Well, they, right? haven't chosen, they haven't chosen need to direct yet so i can't uh, i can't divulge that information Ru- rumor has it that 3po's memory might be part of a macguffin in episode nine that somehow they might need to restore some of his <laughs> this is it's a rumor that comes down from making starwars.net they've got a spectacular track record uh but casey actually it is also rumored that they're going to have to uh back up 3PO's memory into R2-D2. Boom. See, I'm telling you, hire me. <laughs> hire me. Casey is I, on the I, same I, wavelength I, as I these people here. Story. Come on, bring me on. I can help. And I care about it more than most people. <laughs> Did you guys know that, uh, okay, so, oh, what's her name now? L L337 from yeah. Solo? Yeah. Yeah, she she's an astromech droid. Yeah, that liberated herself, and then built her own like body around her. So essentially, like she is basically like like what if R two D two did that? I w- I want to hear R two D two. I want to hear what R two D two would have to say. In basic. Well, she's like uh, so she's like the first version of AI, basically. Right? Kind of, yeah, yeah. She becomes self aware liberated the other droids and stuff like that but r2 i think r2 actually cares about the people that he's with yeah yeah i think l3 did to a certain point but she also is like very self-centered kind of i won't say self-centered i think because what she was saying was right it wasn't wrong like look at look at today dude the detention center people like all the mexicans that are held at the border and stuff are you kidding me? Like, if there was if there was a droid that was Mexican, you know what I mean, right? Like, so like, look at it in that perspective. Okay, take care of your face. Right you were breaking into an internment center or a detention camp or things like that. Like, I don't know. Free your brothers and sisters. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh know, Lord. Happen. So, like, I understand what she did, and it makes sense. 
and it makes sense now that, like we talked about this before, that C-3PO is saying, oh, the ship has a very interesting dialect. Um, and it's also in part, I think, that she was willing to assimilate with the ship because of her love for Lando at the same time. But I think, I think R2 is as close to an AI as we can get. I don't even know AI. I think he's more of like a record keeper. Mm. I, I look at R2 as the record keeper because C-3PO interacts and tries to change things and influence things. That well, R2- I th- I think R two D. Well, I mean R two D D two definitely does too. He's the one who like was trying to talk Luke into coming back to the fight in the Last Jedi. Uh, you know, he's very much like he's invested in the missions and stuff. Like he went above and beyond. The reason that he has the rest of the uh, that map at the end of the Force Awakens is because he took it upon himself when he was on the Death Star in A New Hope to download as many records as he could when he was plugged into the mainframe of the Death Star. And maybe that's what he was programmed to be like. Who knows? I I agree with what you're saying though. Like R two R two and C three PO are very different, and L three three seven are very different from other droids. Yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, it's like who knows? Like they're. Well, we have one more. We have one more uh, comment here from Chad Michael Campbell. Thank you. Yeah. All right. He says, all right, guys, just listening to your latest episode. This is from back in July to your latest episode. And I had to butt in to say the last Jedi is definitely the longest return of the Jedi. Whatever site said it was 152 minutes was wrong. It is. It is a solid 135 minutes, 132 minutes in the original despecialized edition. Yeah. Chad, Chad has corrected us. Thank you, Chad. Thank you. We don't, we don't want to want to be wrong or push anything uh, inaccurate I, I, on here. Well, what movie? Hold on. What movie did you say was an hour and thirty-two minutes? Because that sounds ridiculous to me. So I'm going to call him out back. <laughs> well, okay. it, it must have been two hours, right? No, none of them are an hour and a half. Minutes, not an hour and thirty-two. Uh, uh, oh, okay. So whatever site said it was 152 minutes, talking about Return of the Jedi, was wrong. He said it's it is a solid 135 minutes. 132 in the original despecialized edition. Okay. Return of the Jedi? Yes, sure. Return of the Jedi. That's fine. That's fine. I think right. we were saying that Return of the Jedi and Last Jedi were tied in time or something like that. And then yeah, Casey was, was we, we, yeah, we were talking about what we would do with a, if you guys would like a three hour um, The Rise of Skywalker, because that's what we're hearing is that The Rise of Skywalker is rough time right now is about three hours. Better not. I better wear a catheter. Well, that's what spurred us into talking about the whole conversation about catheters as well. If you guys want to hear that whole conversation that got cut out of the original episode, you can join our Patreon whenever we set it up, where we have about a 25 minutes um, rabbit hole conversation about catheters and uh, uh, the there, pros and cons to straight also, cats and condom cats. There's also about 20 to 25 minutes of each episode that is cut out because of uh, you know funny anecdotes things like that so um, <laughs> pretty much anything i say is unusable it's all yeah. yeah not even for the patreon but yeah it's basically you all heard you heard that all at the beginning of this episode like you know exactly what he's talking about right now just oh uh, yeah josh <laughs> <laughs> no 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 well <sighs> Guys, it was fun. That was good. Brian, thank you for your input and uh, thank you for your question here. Um, so we got some more episode nine rumors uh, for next episode to talk about. So Tim Q, I told uh, you and Sean, I think you guys should look into uh, the episodes of the Clone Wars, the Mortis arc. But I also think that we should all cumulatively uh, watch a couple arcs of the Clone Wars that have to do with Mandalore. And a couple episodes of Rebels that have to do with Mandalore to sure. gear up for the Mandalorian. Look for the episodes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Get it in writing because I'm going to forget. My- Casey, where can we find you on social media? Oh, you can find me at uh, C Shreffler on Instagram. Casey, do you have a business in- a business page too? I I do not. I have not set up. I've been too busy to even worry about that. I don't even have a real setup. My company's name is Center Ten Produce. 
and uh, shoot a lot of music videos, done some commercials, done some indie films and stuff like that. So I'm here and I'm ready to uh, obviously <laughs> no no brainer. Jason Direct episode ten with R two D teams. Hundred percent. And nature. Where I'm, I'm on the same page, guys. Come on, Kathy. Kathy, give him a call. What you do? Talk to me. I'm ready. And Tim Q, what about you? Me, uh, Facebook and Twitter, Joshua Tim Q. All right, and I'm Josh Roach. We are the Talking Sith. You can find us across all social media platforms at Talking Sith Pod in perpetuity uh, for all time. <laughs> we are the Talking Sith Pod across all social media platforms, even those that haven't been created yet. Uh, follow us, like us comment on our posts send us in your questions we're talking sithpod at gmail.com Brian thanks again for your input everybody thanks for listening 133 days to go guys (laughs) good Good. may the force be with you (laughs) everything expressed in the podcast is the intellectual property of talking sith we are not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm in any way Star Wars is their property, we just like to talk about it.